So thanks uh, for being, being a part. You all ready for the word? Yes. Your pastor said that one movie that he liked lasted three and a half hours. He said, I wouldn't preach that long. He just doesn't know. <laughs> I'm just joking with you. Go with me in your Bible, if you would, please, to Hebrews chapter 13. Father, these are your precious people. Thank you that your promises prevail on their behalf. Lord God, we get every bit of dusty, worldly, contaminated condemnation thinking out of our worldview now. We dust off our glasses and we see Jesus. We see the cross. We see that we're qualified. We say by faith we're not nervous about nothing. Jesus, your Lord of all, fix the folks, Father, fully. Give them believing moments, as I shared just for these next few moments, Lord. Give them a believing moment where they say yes to a promise of God to change them forever and propel them through this day to step into the best week of their life. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, the Bible says, Jesus Christ is the same. How many know that's good news? Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. This is what I started teaching you last time I was here when I taught in the dark. I taught you that if you're going to find a fix for the turbulence that's in the world, you have to look to what is constant. And I told you the illustration about being out on the ocean... And if you're always looking at everything that's moving, it's going to make you upset. It's going to mess with your equilibrium. It's going to frustrate your thinking. So in your life today, when the world is upside down, when everybody has such negative reports, when there's so much contention, you can either tune into all that stuff and be a buddy to it and complain with the rest of the world, or you can shift... And take a look at the one who never changes. When you look at the one who doesn't change, you're drawn to your destination. Your destination is always in him. Your destination will always be stable. It will always be constant. Does that mean you're instantly out of trouble physically? No. You still may be on the turbulent time on the sea. But the trouble is not in you. I always tell people when you're looking at something constant, you're not in the trouble, but the trouble can't get in you. In other words, you have an authority to navigate through the complicated issues of your world. It goes on in the next verse. Verse 9 goes on to say that uh, be not carried away with divers or strange doctrines. Now, if you're looking to Jesus, Jesus is not a doctrine. He's a person. Jesus is the person that performed for you so you don't have to qualify in your own performance. The doctrines of the old covenant or the old system were put in place where you had to qualify based on doing enough, being good enough. If you could obey perfectly, then you qualified for the blessing. However, if you miss the mark in your obedience once or twice, condemnation will sink into your system because you'll think you're disqualified from the blessing. That's why as a new covenant Christian, we need to understand Jesus Christ qualified us. Look, it says, don't be carried about with the old, strange, funny thinking, which you qualify for yourself. It's a good thing. Everybody say a good thing. 
It's a good thing that your heart be established in grace. And that's what I talked to you last time I was here. The idea of always looking to Jesus in his finished work. So God's favor, God's grace, God's love for you is always accessible. Your heart is the realm that produces the promises. The promises of God that we want in manifestation in all of our lives, in the physical realm, are produced with a believing heart. Not in your effort to a prescribed law or system, but to a finished and completed work that He Himself has provided. So today, I'm just going to point you to the cross in a little different way than front, than, than, uh, than what we've kind of looked at previously. So go with me, if you would, please, to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. The Bible says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. Now notice, what I'm going to preach to you today is faithful. That means it's got to be true. And it's worthy of everybody's acceptance. That means right now you can't sit in this church, whether you've been here before or you're visitor, and say, no, I'm too far gone. I'm a master loser. You hang with me now. Because you can find with a believing moment that every part of your world, from your perception view, you're looking at your life wrong because you're looking at it according to your ability. Or you're looking at it according to what you did right or what you did wrong. Let's look at it the way Jesus would look at it. It says it's a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of who am I the chief. Now Paul the apostle was writing this young guy Timothy. He was a, he was a pastor. And so he gives him some insight about a pattern or a template that God himself put in place for people. Who could be rescued. Who could be saved from themselves. I love the songs we sang today, Pastor Tom. Savior. He can move the mountains. Our God is mighty to save. My, have any of you ever been saved from anything? Have, have you ever been saved just from a bad day, you know? Have you, have you ever been saved, you know, with a healing in your body or, or saved from being in a wreck and suddenly you turned your car, your heart raced and you say, Jesus, I, I'm saved. It's amazing. I remember when I was a kid growing up in Michigan, you know, your pastor is a good Midwest guy. Uh, I'm a good Midwest guy. And so he may understand this being from, from a place where there's a lot of lakes. I grew up out in the country in Michigan. Across the street from the old farmhouse I grew up in was a, a lake called Long Lake. It was two miles long. It connected to a canal to another lake so I could go all the way into town on boat. Really, if I wanted a little, we had a little rowboat, a little motor, and uh, five miles into town. But I'll never forget as a, as a young boy, maybe 10, something like that, being out on this raft. We had, we had a dock, then we had a raft out further that was anchored and kids would say, we were out there and there's a group of us. And uh, there was a lifeguard, you know, a person there that qualified lifeguard there as well. And I'll never forget, we were, we were daring each other to hold their breath long or go all the way down and, in, in to the anchor or touch the ground. All kinds of stuff and swim under the raft. One kid said, Keith, I bet you can't swim to the corner of the lake there. Now, standing on the dock looking that way, it didn't, didn't look like a big deal. I said, Baloney. You're dealing with a man here. I can swim that. I'm a good swimmer. 
So I took the bait and I started swimming. Now I realized the more I was swimming, it doesn't look like I was getting any closer. And yet while I was swimming, I would look back and I was quite a ways away. And I got about halfway there and I I got cramps. I froze up. Fear gripped my heart. And I began to sink. And I'd come up and spit water out and I'd sink. And I think I'm dying. I'm dying. And I called out. Help me. I'm dying. I'll never forget the lifeguard. Like a like a bat out of heaven. A lifeguard. <laughs> came and communicated on the way. It's okay. It's okay. Just kick your feet. Relax. Kick your feet. Just move your arms. Kick your feet. It's okay. I'm, the lifeguard got me. When the lifeguard got me, didn't put the hand here to pull me. Put around my body. And I had taken so much water, I was thrashing. And the more I'd thrash, they dumped me. Hold me down and lift me up. So you fight me again, you'll be on your own. You will not take me down with you. And I'd fight some more because I thought I was done. Dump me. Pull me up. So you fight me again, you'll be on your own. All I want you to do, the lifeguard said, is rest. I want you to put your faith in my ability. And when I rested, see, faith lets you rest. Faith puts you in the place where he does all the work. Jesus is your savior. The only thing that will sink you is self-sufficiency. Trusting in your own ability, your own performance, your own religious efforts, your own religious calisthenics. The only thing that can sink you is yourself. So I'll never forget, they pulled me back. I was safe. I was rescued. Maybe you feel like you're sinking. Or maybe you just have that sinking feeling. You ever have a sinking feeling? A sinking feeling is when you always have a worst case scenario in your mind. You always think the worst about your money. I always think, I got an amen over here. You you think the worst about your kids. Do I hear another amen somewhere, huh? <laughs> You're first checking out, make sure the kids left, went to the other certain, no, praise the Lord, or, or whatever. But see, we all can have a sinking feeling. But Jesus has come to save us. What would it be if I was crying out for help and the lifeguard said, ah, no, nah, that's a bunch of baloney. Kid, he just plays around. Or you know what? I don't even like the kid. He's a bully. He's a loser. He ought to go down quicker. You know what? You know, this is the mindset some people have of God because they don't think they're good enough. Let's just assume this is the throne of God. Let's say this is God because he's indescribable. Let's say I'm Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. And let's say you cry out for help to be saved. You know, save, that word save is the word sozo. It means healing, preservation, deliverance. God comes to save you from your sin, but he comes to heal you from your diseases. He comes to give you peace in your world, peace in your soul, joy in your life. 
He comes to save every component of our being. But let's say you feel like you're sinking. Or you've got that sinking feeling. It just resonates day in and day out. And you call it Jesus. You think Jesus in heaven says, uh, uh, Father, let's not mess with that one. We helped them before. They're just a continual case. They'll be back again and take a little time. Somebody else cries out and says, no, 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 they're, 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 they haven't read their Bible in 35 days. Oh, here's another. Don't mess with They don't go to church regularly. Oh, don't help that one. They, they haven't tithed, Lord, for six months. They're cursed with a curse. Let them go down. Do you think God's that way? No. You know why? Because the Father doesn't look at you based on you. The Father looks at you through the lens of the blood of a finished work of Jesus. And He is mighty to save. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah! Yeah. A heavenly bailout is accessible for all of us. You know how many times during the Middle East uh, project? Wow. God rescues me. Let me show you something. Look here. Where are we? Who took my glasses? Pastor Mark, see if he got put him in his pocket. Look at this. Look at, look at verse 16. Paul says, however, for this reason, I obtain mercy, that in me first, Christ might show all longsuffering as a pattern. Everybody say a pattern. To all those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. I like this term pattern. My sisters used to sew when, when they were young. and they would, they would get patterns like for baby doll clothes or whatever. And they'd cut out the, the pattern. It's a template. The Bible gives you a pattern right now that will rescue you if you want to be rescued. Now, if you just like turbulent life and you just like the sinking feeling, have at it. <laughs> I'm just not going that way. I'm going to buy in to the finished work of Jesus Christ. I'm going to have a seat at the table. I'm going to enjoy everything the Father has provided for me, not based on me, but based on the one who's rescued me, based on Jesus Christ. Let me show you what I mean. Go, go up a few verses here to verse chapter, chapter uh same chapter, but verse 12, verses 12 through 14. So it goes on to say this, and I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who's enabled me. He counted me faithful. He put me into the ministry, although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor and an insolent man. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace, everybody say the grace, grace. of our Lord Jesus Christ was exceedingly abundant with faith. Everybody say faith. And love. Everybody say love. love. Which are in Christ Jesus. The pattern or the template is grace. Faith. And love. And there's only one place for any of that kind of heavenly help in Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ needs to be called upon. Whosoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
It doesn't say there's a good chance. It didn't say you got to go through a whole application of when you were good, when you were bad, what you did right, what you did wrong. Who will ever call on the name of Jesus will be saved. And the pattern that he's going to pump into you through his presence is grace, faith, and love. Let's look at that just a little bit. These three elements, grace, faith, and love, because this is really what the bailout provides. Grace is God's unmerited favor. Most of us don't understand favor because in our culture, everything is reciprocal. Most people only do things politically if there's a payback. You do something for me, I'll do something for you. Corporate world's the same way. You do something for me, I'll do something for you. You make a way for me, I'll make a way for you. The Father's not that way. The Father gives you a favor that you don't earn. That has nothing to do with your effort. This is why I like the, 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 the thought and the phrase, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Notice, God likes to invest in you when you're losing. God likes to invest in you when you're going down. God likes to invest in you when there's no hope, when all hope is gone. So you can't sit there this morning and say, Keith, but you just don't know me. I don't. I don't need to. I don't need to know all the pain and the problem and what you did right or wrong. The Father knows you. And He loves you completely. Not based on you. Based on what Jesus did for you. And when you just open your heart to have a believing moment, He will impart favor. Grace. Massive, massive grace. Grace is favor. Grace is also ability or empowering. Wow. When you're rescued, you know it. You never have that self. You stay humble. and More grace is given. It's unbelievable. It just accelerates. And that's why this phrase in this text talks about, and grace was exceedingly abundant. In other words, don't just settle with a little dabble, do you? A lot of people, you know, experience amazing grace just so they can say they're going to heaven, but then they still live like hell in terms of they're always in sinking situations that compromise their character and their call and their life. No, no, no. Just get an abundance of grace. The Bible says when you have an abundance of grace and know the realm of your righteousness, you reign in life. You live higher. You think higher. You have victory over these nagging, struggling, carnal temptations that we all wrestle with. And so you want grace that's exceedingly abundant. And grace is only found at the cross. That's why I love the picture the the church is using, you know, at the beginning of the services or during the service about the the cross. Man, every day you just got to see everything through the lens of the cross. See everything through His work and not your work. Every day, understand that you have access today to favor. You have access today to His ability. It's all found in Jesus Christ. The next component of this heavenly bailout, there's grace and then there's faith. Faith is the trust position. Faith, you know, equips you to receive everything. Even though everything's provided, you've you got to sit at the table. 
And you got to say, hey, please pass, you know, the goodies. You know, last night I was having a meal with uh, some uh, leaders and things at the church. And uh, I just didn't sit there. I took a place at the table. Huh? And then I loaded up. Yeah. Huh? Faith takes. See, faith takes what grace provides. Your faith is in God's grace. And it triggers it. But faith is only found in Jesus. Faith in how many Bible verses you know. Amen. You know, people say, well, Keith, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, it does say that. Romans ten seventeen. But look it up now. Check me out. When you read that verse, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That last word God in the Greek text is the word Christos. The newer translations translate it Christ, the proper translation. Faith, its origin is always in Jesus' finished work. See, Jesus is the author of faith. The law never produces faith. In fact, the Bible says in Romans chapter 4 that the law will void. The law will, or, or faith will void the law. So it's important that you're always looking at Jesus. He's the author, He's the finisher of your faith. Your bailout, your rescue comes when you have grace. Faith, faith gives you believing moments. Faith gives you the ability to say yes. When, 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 when you know you're led in a way. Like I was telling you, and people laugh at me and it's really, it's really true. I don't know what happened to me when I was in Beirut. But I knew I was on an assignment. And I had the capacity in those moments to believe for everything. And I kept just cutting deal after deal after deal. And I didn't get nervous until I flew out of that country. <laughs> Huh? Yeah, then, then I got really nervous. But then God gave me creative ways to deal with it. But you have the capacity. You got you to, gotta, if, if you're sinking, you got to have faith to call out somebody's name. Now, if you're just so arrogant and so self-sufficient, you'll be eternally in trouble. Because you're just not that smart. Turn to your neighbor and say, you know what he's talking about. You, you know. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's none of us that smart. We need to put our faith in Jesus. So the bailout, you have grace. You have faith. And then you have love. Love is who God is. Love never fails. You know what I do to stay bailed out once the Lord rescues me? The way I stay bailed out is always every day, I start my day with receiving more grace. Every day I have believing moments when I declare, I tell myself the truth of what's in my heart by saying it. I speak promises about His performance has covered me. I have grace, I have faith, and then what I do is I receive His love. I never work anymore at loving God. It's not a thought. You say, Keith, how can you say that you don't work at loving God? Well, if you just work on letting God love you, you just naturally love God. Loving God becomes easy when you know how much you're loved. You know, the Bible says you can only love Him because He first loved you. So focus your bailout by understanding how much you're loved. 
that the Father would look at you not as you. The Father would look at you through the lens of the cross of Jesus Christ covered in the blood. And by faith, know you will have a believing moment. Because this rescue is for all who will believe. Remember, we read it. The pattern is for all who will believe on Him. That means God has more faith in you now than you have in Him. He's just waiting for you not to trust in you. And to come to a place where you just rest. Where you lean back. Say, God, I screwed that up. I should... Bit off more than I should chew there, trying to cross that whole lake. He just loves you. So just rest. I've got you. I'm going to anchor you again and give you another assignment that you validate in my love. But you got to call out. you got to expect. And when that happens, his purposes will prevail. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 17, For it's by one man's offense death reigned. Through the one. How, how did you and I become unrighteous? Through, through being bad boys and bad girls? Doing bad? You didn't become unrighteous because you did bad. You became unrighteous or a sin. You know, you're, you're not a sinner because you sin. You're a sinner because Adam sinned. And then when you got old enough to cooperate with the nature that you had, you said, hey, let's rock and roll and do some sin, huh? Yeah. But you were a sinner because of Adam, not because of you. You're not made righteous by doing right. I'm preaching good right now. Listen. You're made righteous because Jesus did right. And this whole, the whole text talks about this. It's through the obedience of one. Many are made righteous. And then what do you do in your righteousness through your faith in him? You cooperate. And you live a righteous, holy, sanctified life with joy. Victoriously. But look at it says. It says... Um, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive, those who receive, those who receive. Listen, if I tried to give Pastor Mark a hundred dollar bill right now. Oh, shame. I don't have one on. (laughs) Tough luck for you. I thought that was going to be your lucky day. Anyway. (laughs) Let's let's say by faith. Actually, Brandon, do you have a hundred dollar bill I could borrow? Do you know? You have a hundred bucks for me. No, not really. Um, but if, if I offer him a hundred dollars, if he doesn't receive it, it's not his. Even though it's his. You have to receive grace. You're qualified sinking. While you're sinking, you're qualified. When you did the stupidest thing you thought you could ever do, you're qualified. Your qualification not up to you. Qualification's up to Jesus. Hallelujah. And he speaks on your behalf. He's your advocate. With the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Those who receive in abundance of grace. Verse 17. And the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So don't postpone your help. Don't procrastinate. Your victory is now. The way you receive it is believe it. You need a believing moment invalidated by saying something. Look at the Bible says now. This is in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Y'all, y'all still glad you're here? Yeah. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 1 and 2. 
The Bible says, we then as workers together with him also plead with you. Not to receive the favor of God. The ability of God. The grace of God in vain. Do you know you can receive something that never works for you? There's a lot of people who have the grace of God, but it's in vain. Because they're not living just in the strength of the one carrying them. They're still struggling and thrashing and cussing everybody out and wanting to do everything their own way. huh? They're still living in their own strength and the grace of God is in vain. Look at it, it says, for he says, in an acceptable time I've heard you. In the day of salvation, remember, Jesus Christ came into the world to save you. In the day of salvation, I have helped you. He didn't say, oh, there's a good chance I'm going to help you. He said, I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Your help's right now. Whatever part of your life that's screwed up, there's help right now. Right now is the day of your rescue. A heavenly bailout awaits for anybody who believes. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I just want to encourage you, friend. Don't, don't, don't be so disappointed with you. What would you expect? You're human. And if you think every hour of every day, God's sitting up there keeping records. And Jesus is telling now, write this down. They did this wrong. They said that wrong. They didn't go to prayer meeting. They did this. They got angry on the freeway. Uh Uh-oh, that guy. That guy did a naughty, naughty. No, 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 no. Listen, the Holy Spirit is not a nagger. Nobody likes to live with a nagger. And everybody's looking straight ahead. Hallelujah. (laughs) You know what the Bible says. The Bible says it's more comfortable to put your chair up on the corner of the roof and suck some fresh air from up there. Huh? Than to hang out with somebody who's always nagging. Contentious. Whether it's a man, whether it's a woman. Nobody likes a fault finder. You know, a lot of people, because they're trying to qualify based on what they do, think God's keeping a record of everything you do wrong. And keeping you at a distance where you don't even have the faith to say what you need. And you can't really believe that He loves you enough to cover you. You got to get your eyes on the cross. You got to look to what Jesus has done. You got to understand that on the cross, all your sins have been forgiven. And all your sins have been forgotten according to the covenant of grace, the New New, New Testament covenant found in Hebrews chapter 8. Your sins and lawless deeds, I will remember them no more. And until you know and understand that the blood is ever cleansing, when you're out there struggling and thrashing and taking on water, you'll never have faith to say, I need your help. But... If you can look at your life the way the Father sees you, you won't live with condemnation. There is, therefore, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. And you can call out for help, and He 
is mighty to save. Did you like the word today? Give the Lord a big shout of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you uh, feel like you're sinking? How many have some sinking feelings? Yeah. Whatever your problem is, let's just take a moment. Let the Lord fix this. Put your hands over your heart. Father, these are your precious people. Thank you that they're covered completely by the blood of Jesus. Let their hearts find help and hope and sufficiency. Even now. Thank you, Father, that grace is sufficient. Your favor, your ability is sufficient. Grace is sufficient. Father, I thank you for that, for the heavenly bailout, that we have an abundance of grace in our lives right now. By faith, we receive it in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray for all those. Who have doubting moments that consume them. We arrest every doubt. By looking to the cross of Jesus Christ. Saying thank you Jesus. You rescued me completely. Father help us. To let our faith. Put us at rest. We're not nervous about anything today. We're not overwhelmed about jobs. About our world. Our kids. About the economy. About politics. We're not worried about nothing. Jesus, your Lord. And Father, fill us with such an amazing revelation of the love of God. Help us to receive the reality that we are loved. Help us to know and help us to believe the love God has for us. Thank you, Father. Father, free people from pain. Free people from all kinds of anxiety. And let there be perfect peace in every home represented here today. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said...